0: Welcome to episode 16, where today we're talking about the difference between acknowledging and getting stuck in. For the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about how to manage our feelings and emotions on the podcast, and I'm getting some great feedback and questions. And a lot of you have contacted me saying, Hey, Christy, I'm totally acknowledging where I'm at, and I'm still stuck. You're saying to yourself... Yes, I'm struggling with food today. Yes, I'm struggling with my body image today. But that's not helping because in the end, yes, I'm eating my feelings today. And it can seem like a struggle. And I'm reminded of a movie my husband watches quite a bit called The Big Lebowski. And in it, The Stranger, as played by Sam Shepard, Says in a very strong southern drawl, sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. And the phrase's general meaning is that you win some and you lose some. There are good days and bad days. And the idea is, and our hope is, that you have more good moments than bad, more good days than bad, and that over time your averages tip towards better and better. But that being said, I want to be clear that there's a difference between acknowledging where you are and how you're feeling at any given moment and getting down into it and wallowing in it. If you are acknowledging your sadness or your anger or your stress and anxiety and then staying sad, angry, stressed, and anxious, then you are likely doing something to keep it there. Instead of acknowledging it, You've gotten down in the hole with it and are playing in the mud. So imagine just for a second that there's this little version of you. Perhaps it's younger, more sensitive, cuter with less wrinkles, who wants nothing more than to be liked and for everyone to just get along and be happy. This version of you sees and experiences everything that you do, but it doesn't always understand much of it. This little you sees some people's actions as just plain mean and sees the world as kind of scary, but it sees the world as this picturesque place of possibilities where you can still be an astronaut or a princess. This version of you hasn't learned how to keep from getting bogged down in the sticky mire of negative feelings and so often gets stuck in a place of feeling bad. You, as the adult, see this other version of you is trapped in a prison of unpleasant feelings. But society tells us that if we're doing it right, we won't have negative feelings. And so in an effort... To fabricate the perfect Instagram life, you ignore it. You keep walking, going about your day, thinking that eventually it will resolve itself on its own. And sometimes it does. And it's a miracle. And you're totally not sure how it did it. But sometimes it doesn't. And it stays in a funk. And that's how you've been doing it. Ignoring what you think you can't change and white-knuckling through the rest of it. And then here comes Christy telling you that if you acknowledge it, you'll get out of the mire. And so you're walking down your path, and you notice that you're stuck in some unpleasant emotions, and you say, hey, you're stuck. And that's acknowledgement, right? And that acknowledgement feels good, and so you acknowledge more. Wow! What's happened there to you really sucks. And that shouldn't have happened. And poor pitiful you. I'm so sorry. And the next thing you know, you're down there in the pit of despair with this other version of you. And you're throwing a pity party together there in the mud. And it's okay to get down there in it. In fact, you may need to acknowledge and examine it and really spend time with it. You may need to grieve to clear out some other emotions. But never forget why you're there. And that's to get out of that place. To get that younger, sensitive, tender version of you out of there. Up and out of that negative feeling place so that you can get on with the rest of your life. So, at all times, you have to ask yourself, if I were the parent of this little me, and let's face it, you are now, how would I help them get out? As a parent, if your child were having a struggle with a friend, would you tell him or her to have a cupcake? Would you give them a bowl of ice cream? Now. If you are a parent, and you have done that, I want you to give yourself a break because you may not have realized that you knew any better. And starting today, you can do something different. So you brainstorm. What would you tell your child to do? Is that an appropriate response to what you're experiencing right now? As an example. One client of mine found herself doing really well with her plan until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then she would find herself going back to the kitchen, scouring over the cabinets and shelves for something to eat, even though she wasn't hungry. How this parenting exercise would work is she would sit herself down and say, Hey, I see you're going to the kitchen an awful lot. What's going on there? Are you still hungry? And she would likely answer no. So then she would dig deeper. Then why are you in there? Now, if her subconscious, her little inner self, is anything like mine or like yours, she'll likely get a lot of I don't knows and nothings. Right? This is fine. And when you think about it, it's typical behavior for a child who hasn't fully thought about it but that's not your invitation to stop. Well, then she'd say, you were doing fine before. Did something upset you? And her inner self will likely say no. And so then she would ask, so what happened? The idea here is to get a little detailed. I mean, don't torture yourself, but realize that the devil is in the details. And then her inner self may say something like, I was bored. But bored is a surface answer. So she would dive a little bit deeper because this is where the healing lies. Questions she might ask herself are, what's wrong with being bored? What's so bad about having no more chores to do or no more books to read or no more games to play? Or what bad things happen if you have nothing to do? When you get down to this level, you may be dealing with a pattern, program, or behavior that was created when you were a child in response to your caregivers. You may find that adults scolded you or called you lazy, or even punished you for having nothing to do. There are tons of proverbs from the time of our parents, our grandparents, and beyond, To help tell us that there was always more to do, and good and honorable people worked from sunup to sundown doing chores. And this may be a system you were brought up with. Or you may have developed it on your own, learning that slacking off or resting earned you a second place at the science fair or a B on a test. Or deciding that the one afternoon you took off work is why you didn't get that raise you asked for. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, then you know that those meanings may not necessarily be true. But for our purposes of uncovering, detecting, and sleuthing out the root cause for afternoon eating, they may be valid. The idea here is to keep digging, be curious, and don't accept the surface answer. Your subconscious mind knows you better than anyone, and it knows all the right things to say to throw you off the trail. All the words and phrases to make you think it gave you the real answer when it didn't. And it's not that your mind is trying to be deceptive. It's trying to protect you. From death, sure, but also from pain and change. Because as much as your current life may hurt, Your brain likes samey-same. Samey-same, even when it sucks, is predictable and thus survivable. Change? Well, that's an unknown. And for the mind, the unknown is like insta-death. I know it sounds easy when I say it, and it's not in practice. But so many people don't even know where the problem comes from. And so they get stuck trying to get themselves out of it. But the thing is, when you finally do dig it up, then you know where it came from. You then understand that rule, pattern, or program that you're operating under. But because you're now the parent of you, you get to decide whether those rules continue to be your rules. Those standards continue to be your standards. You get to sit yourself down at the kitchen table of life and do a little reparenting. What would you tell your child that kept going to the fridge or to the pantry? Would you say, well, I know you're not hungry, but eat some broccoli. At least that's not fattening. No, you try to figure out what's wrong and then help. And that's what I want to draw your attention to here. It's the subtle difference between getting stuck and not. In a situation like this, you could very easily start getting down on yourself because you're eating when you're not hungry. You could start talking mean and nasty to yourself, calling yourself all sorts of names, making yourself feel worse. But that would be getting down into it and getting stuck. When you separate yourself from this aspect of you that's emotionally eating, when you stay objective about it, taking the role of a loving parent or caregiver towards yourself, you are in a prime position to help yourself out of it. You are the best possible person to help you craft creative solutions to your problems. And this idea Of speaking to yourself like a loving parent is a really good one. Don't speak to yourself like your actual parents did or even how you internalized your parents. Be the parent you never had. Be positive and uplifting, but don't blow smoke up your own skirt. Be honest and fair. Because here's another important concept to get. Building new habits and creating new behaviors takes time. It takes positive reinforcement and encouragement. If you are being the very best parent to yourself that you can be, you're going to understand that you may not get it right every single time. You'll understand that the solution you craft at the start may not be the actual solution you end up with at the end. Most importantly, when you have those off-the-wagon moments, you'll be there to pick yourself up and say, Hey, hun, that was really rough, but let's see what went wrong so we can do better next time. And that feels so much better than, man, you F that up. I don't know why you even try. Being a friend, parent, or helpful companion to yourself is better than being a dick to yourself. And this is the difference between acknowledging your situation and your emotions and working to get yourself out and pounding yourself into the dirt so you feel like you can't get out. So I hope that clears up the difference between acknowledging your emotions and your situation and getting stuck down in your emotional quagmire. I really like this reparenting concept. Of course, it's not mine, it's been in the psychology circles for years, but it resonates with me a little more than trying to be a friend to myself, which always seemed strange or foreign. This idea of trying to be a good parent to yourself may be especially helpful if the younger version of you or the inner child is particularly young. If your younger version is older, then a friend or a grandparent or even a teacher may work equally well. It doesn't really matter which role you choose. What matters most is that you step up and out of the situation and look at it as a third-party observer without so much invested emotional interest. If you have any questions about this technique or are looking for angles for attacking your own issues, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall or on my website, www.christyrhall.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.